Part four, chapter one of Life and Lillian Gish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Life and Lillian Gish by Albert Bigelow Payne. Part four, chapter one uncle vanya it was at the end of may nineteen thirty at the rivoli theatre new york city that lillian was presented in her first probably her only talking picture for during those months since she had finished it something had happened something of epical proportions she had returned to the stage a block down broadway in forty eighth street at the court theatre since april fifteenth she had been appearing six nights and two afternoons a week as helena in chekhov's uncle vanya it had all come about naturally enough when it became known that lillian gish was closing her contract with the united artists proposals arrived plentifully the distinguished russian manager director author dantchenko wrote that he had begun a story with her especially in mind basil rathbone sent a manuscript and wrote i need not say how happy i should be to do a play with you a privilege denied me even in my very own play the swan a cable from germany stated that a motion picture company had been formed of those who believed in reinhardt and that jannings and all the best of germany's artists had signed that the first picture was to be la vie parisienne by offenbach three versions to be made french english and german lillian to have the position of production manager but then came an opportunity such as she had hoped for one day george jean nathan spoke to her of the actress ruth gordon of how much lillian would like her couldn't you arrange a meeting she asked he could and did he asked them both to tea at the colony restaurant lillian was not disappointed in ruth gordon they had one love in common france they talked a great deal about that pleasant land its beauties its castles its wines especially its wines one of which in particular they both loved close vougio ruth gordon said and i know a man who has the same taste jed harris the theatrical producer someone proposed we must try to get a bottle the first one of us who finds it to give a dinner and invite mr harris said lillian remembering but of course no one could get a bottle of close vigio any more one day ruth telephoned that she had a bottle of rhine wine and that mr harris loved that too so we had a small dinner in her apartment with rhine wine and strawberry ice cream for the first time i heard jed harris talk i thought i had never heard anyone like him it seemed to me that he knew the theatre as no one i had ever met later when i went with ruth to get my hat i said ruth he's wonderful i'd work for such a man for nothing ruth agreed she'd worked for him in serena blandish and told me how fine he had been a few weeks later george nathan called up to say that jed harris had a part for me that's splendid i said but do you think i could do it of course it's helena in chekhov's uncle vanya i said i would read it over at once and see if i could do it i adored chekhov and had a volume of his plays but it didn't contain vanya i was very excited for ten years from the time of working with victor morel i had hoped to get back to the stage 
she ran out to a bookshop and presently was back deep in the play she thought helena a hard part wondered if she could do it her stage work lay far behind her really counted for little though for more perhaps than she realized this was the end of february or early in march almost immediately they went into rehearsal jed harris had selected a well-nigh perfect cast with walter connolly in the title role the tired tearful disillusioned vanya with osgood perkins as astroff the hard-riding hard-drinking disillusioned doctor with eugene powers as sarah brockoff the ailing fat-headed city professor with lillian as helena his young beautiful disillusioned wife with joanna roos as sonia his unhappy lovelorn daughter with kate mayhew as nurse marina with isabel irving eduardo cianelli and harold johnsrood one must travel far to find a group of players better suited to a chekhov play or one more congenial to work with ruth gordon was not in the cast but she came to lillian's apartment and worked with her so did mr harris they believed in her and encouraged her to believe in herself going back to the stage had its difficulties for one thing it had been seventeen years since she had appeared before an audience and then had never played a leading part the audience did not matter so much she had never been audience conscious but the rehearsing in the pictures the scene was shot the film developed and put on the screen for judgment all within a brief time if unsatisfactory it could be made over and over again furthermore it could be edited now it was all quite different you could not see how well or how badly you had done a thing you only knew what the director told you she had moments of misgiving perhaps it would have been better certainly safer to remain in the pictures even the talking pictures that had offended her as incongruous they were new crude arliss in his disraeli had taken a long step towards something that in the end might mean if not perfection at least something as near it as the silent film had reached oh well it was in new haven on the evening of april sixth nineteen thirty that the curtain went up on lillian's first night in uncle vanya she was nervous after all the moment came when helena enters merely to drift voicelessly across the stage there was a burst of applause from the audience she was not prepared for that and was almost as frightened as on that long ago night of the explosion at rising sun she quickened her step quickened it still more was almost running at the exit jed harris still gives amusing imitations of this first entrance across the threshold of her new old career never mind it was a success the leading new haven paper which never before had given an editorial to a theatrical performance gave one next morning to vanya professor william lyon phelps invited her to luncheon and was full of enthusiasm he had seen nothing he declared since mary anderson to impress him so much as lillian's helena he wrote a letter to the people's forum calling the public's attention to the play all very gratifying to lillian however one of the most satisfactory features of her new venture was the absence of the money element always after the griffith days a foremost consideration the word salary had never been mentioned between her and mr harris she did not even know what she was to have 
until she got her envelope at the end of the week it was a gray afternoon in the little den which has become so much a part of our story that lillian recounted these things she owed a heavy debt to ruth gordon she insisted and thought of helena as ruth's child and just here came one of those coincidences which are always being popped into plays and stories in another room the telephone rang a maid appeared at the door will you speak to miss gordon she said end of part four chapter one